Guys, the Word of God says this in Colossians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul writes, starting in verse 1, So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them, but now put away all of the following. Anger and wrath and malice and slander, filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and you've put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator in Christ. There is not Greek and Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Now guys, uh, last week we talked about the precursor to this passage, right? I mean, last week I said it was probably the most unspiritual of all of the things that we're called to put on because Paul says, here's what you need to put on. You need to put on the ability to put up with one another, right? It seemed very unspiritual. It was the precursor. We said that you've got to be able to put up with people before you can move on to the more spiritual, right? And the more spiritual part is, is this stuff. It's this forgiveness and this love that now we're, we're called to, to put on. And I, I don't know about you, but I pray that the Lord was as kind to you this week as He was to me, and He gave you lots of opportunities to put up with people. Amen? Right? Some of you found yourself in new work environments, uh, a.k.a. Uh, you found yourself working from home, and you had new co-workers and I bet you had lots of opportunity to walk out what we talked about last week, just learning how to put up with one another. And, and so uh, I pray that now that you've practiced that, we can move on to the deeper, more spiritual uh, command, which Paul says then is to forgive one another, right? To, to forgive one another. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. He, he writes, right, Forgiving one another, if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you. And so here's my question this morning. What does that mean? What, what does Paul mean specifically in this passage when he says you've got to put on this kind of forgiveness? He says, listen, people are going to grieve you. You're going to have a grievance against one another. So you've got to put on this kind of forgiveness just as, as Jesus has forgiven you. And so the question we have to answer is what is he talking about? Now listen, in the New Testament, there are three words used primarily in New Testament Greek that deal with forgiveness. Now the primary word that you're going to run across, and you don't need to know the word in Greek, but I'll just say it for you. I'm going to use... A my Texican Greek here is afaame, right? And, and afaame is the most common word for forgiveness in the Bible. It's the word that Jesus uses when he teaches his disciples how to pray. So in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. In part of that Lord's Prayer, he says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, right? And, and the word he uses there, that Greek word afaame, it's the most common word for forgiveness. And what it means is, is to send away to, to let go or to keep no longer. And, and so Jesus is literally teaching us to pray. And, and what we're supposed to pray is, is Lord, help me let go. Help, help me send away. Help me keep no longer 
the, the, the hurt that I have for what people have done to me. And Lord, as I do that, as I let go of that, would you let go of the things that I've done to you? Right? I mean, just think of the gravity of that, right? That's why Jesus says, if, you, if you're not willing to forgive, I'm not going to forgive you, right? Because if we can't let go of the hurt that people have caused us, then God's not going to let go of the hurt that we have caused his heart. And you just kind of think through that, you go, whoa, that's a big deal. That is a big deal, but that's not our word, all right? That's not our word, okay? That's one word for forgiveness, but that's not our word. Now, the second word that's used for forgiveness is, is, is an interesting word, too. Uh, it's apaluo. And, and, and apaluo, it means to release it means to, to pardon, and it means to set free. And you just kind of think about that. Think about people that might owe you money, or they owe you a favor. You've done something for them, and they're in debt to you, and you release them of that debt. And that's a pretty powerful word. It's a pretty powerful thought. This, this word to pardon is, is when we get into kind of the Easter story in Passion Week, and, and Jesus is brought before Pilate, and, and the crowds shout, No, don't pardon Jesus. Pardon Barabbas. Right? It's, it's that word. It's, a, it's an apoluo. But that's not our word either. See, our word is, is the least used word of those three words in the New Testament Greek. Our word is charizomai. Charizomai. It's where we get the word charisma from in the English language. And it does mean, uh, absolutely, it means to forgive. I've got a slide for you here. Uh, but, it, but, but more specifically, it means to give freely. That's what charizomai is all about. It's about giving freely. And, and you say, well, what am I giving freely? Am I just, I'm giving freely forgiveness, right? I mean, that's kind of the depths of it. But, 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 but we've got to get to the root of this word to understand what we're actually giving free. What is the forgiveness that Paul says we need to put on? And see, here's the key. You unlock it when you get to where this word comes from. You see, the root word of charizomai is, is charis. It's, it's the word for grace. It's the word for grace. So literally what Paul is saying is, is hey, listen, all right? Because, uh, the, the, because Jesus has freely given unto you grace that you didn't deserve, you now need to walk out into the world and you need to offer that kind of grace to your fellow man. Whoo. Guys, that's the heart of our lesson this morning. In fact, that's our first point. If you get one thing from the sermon this morning, I hope it is this point, all right? First point, ready? Uh, because we have freely received grace, we must freely give grace to one another. What a word during this time, amen? Anybody been at HEB this week, right? Amen? Walmart. Uh, people need some grace, my friends. They need some grace. Our job's not to look over somebody's shoulder and to judge what's in their cart. You don't know how big their family is. You don't know what kind of anxiety they're dealing with. We just need to offer some grace. Now listen, if they've got 52 rolls of toilet paper and you're running out, you could ask them, hey, could I buy a few rolls from you? Okay? We can work it out. Let's work together, friends. All right? but, but we've got to be extenders of grace because Jesus has extended that grace to us. And, and that's what makes this word so special when Paul says you need to put on forgiveness. Because he's not saying, here, here's what you have to do. He's not saying you've got to let go of stuff so that God will let go of the things that you've done. That's a different word. That's not what he's saying. In fact, he, he's not saying there's anything, like, like really this isn't about something you do. This is about something God has done for you. It's something God has done for you. He says, there's no way that you could earn what God has done for you. This is what Paul's reminding us of, right? I mean, let's walk through the depths of, of Ephesians 2 for a second. Therefore, right? We're in Ephesians 2, right? 
even though uh, we were foreigners and aliens, even, even though we, 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 we were not citizens of the promise of God, right? We were dead in our sins and transgressions, Ephesians 2 begins. As for you, you were dead in your sins and transgressions in which you used to live when you followed the waves of the world, right? the spirit of the air that's now at work in all those who are disobedient. Right? And, and, and so the, the, the gospel would tell us this, that, that we were enemies of God. And, and while we were enemies of God, God chose in, in grace to send His Son, Jesus. And, and Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. Now, what we deserved was death, but, but God so loved us that He sent Jesus. And so Jesus came while we were His enemies, and He paid the price of our sins so that we could be brought to life. So we were dead, but He made us alive. We were far away, but He brought us near. We, we were low, but He raised us up, right? We were excluded, but He made us citizens and he made us children of God. And, and hear me, that is all the Bible says, that is all an act of grace. It's all an act of grace. And because Jesus has done this for us, we are called to offer that kind of love and forgiveness and grace to one another. Right? And, and friends, what Paul's just trying to say is pretty simple. Because of what Christ has done for you, there should be a banner over your life, right? There should be a guiding principle over your life that you never, ever, ever forget. And here's that banner, ready? I am forgiven. I don't know if you feel that way this morning when you got up and, and maybe, maybe you've just blown it as you've been at home and you've been overcome by fear or doubt. Maybe you've bought into the panic. Maybe, like, I don't know where you are, but maybe you woke up this morning and you've just felt the weight of what's going on in your life, and, and, and you just need to, like, like, look up, man. Just look at the, I am forgiven. Man, look at what Jesus has done for me. Friends, that's called grace. And Paul says, we got to put that on. We've got to freely give that. Now, now there, there's something I want to tell you. Grace and mercy are different. Right? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Now, we deserve death. We didn't get death. Now, that's mercy. But then grace goes beyond mercy. And mercy is we don't get what we, we deserve, but grace is that we get something that we didn't deserve. And not only do, do we not get death, but we've got eternal life in Christ Jesus. Right? Now, now we're, we're citizens of the kingdom. It, the Bible says, now I'm a child of God and I'm an heir. That's who you are. That is called grace. And the Bible says, because we've received that, Paul says, every day, you've got to walk out your front door with this attitude. God has forgiven me the greatest of sinners. Now my job in life is to go and treat other people the way that God's treated me. You got it? Okay, so that's the first step. Biggest lesson, if you get nothing else today, that is, that is the one thing I want you to get, is because we have received the grace of God, we must extend the grace of God freely Okay? Don't lose that word. We must extend it freely to one another. That means that somebody doesn't have to pre-qualify. It means that somebody doesn't have to come and repent to me. It means that somebody doesn't have to ask me for it. I'm giving it freely because God has freely given me His grace in Christ. So we begin there. Now, when, when I talk about something like that, I don't know about you, but when I come across those principles, I start to ask questions of God. Like, um, um, uh, excuse me, hold on, Lord. Uh, one question. Like, like uh, that sounds like I'm going to get injured. Right? Anybody else think that's a little scary to just go, okay, well, well I'm, I'm, I'll have no pre-qualifiers. I'm going to walk into the world. And I'm just going to freely extend this grace to everyone. And you begin to think, but I'm going to get trampled on, God. 
I mean, but people are going to take advantage of me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be bullied. We're, we're going to be the people that get pushed into a corner, God. Is that what you have for your people? So we begin to get fearful, right? And, and so here's what I want to say to you about this grace of God. I want to remind you that you can do this. So here's my second point. I want you to know that because God is for us, we don't have to be afraid of extending this grace to others. Because I realize that's, that's a natural fear. I say, hey, you've got to go out and you, daily you've got to put on forgiveness and you've got to go out into the world with, with this attitude. I'm freely going to offer the grace of God to others. And, 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 and literally you start kind of thinking, but they're going to take advantage of me or I'm going to be hurt. All these fears take over what happens. And so what I'm going to say to you is you don't have to be afraid because God's on our side. Okay, so uh, parents, you're, you're sitting home with your kids and and listen, if you don't have kids home, you think back to when you were a kid. And so here's a little illustration I want to throw out. Um, kids, I want you to think about maybe, maybe somebody at school. And, and hopefully you have to imagine this. Hopefully you haven't experienced this. But I want you to imagine that you're at school, kind of on the bus, at school, and you were just getting bullied. Right? There's somebody that's just a complete jerk, and they're mean, and they are picking on you like crazy everywhere you go. And so I just kind of want you to imagine that there um, with your family. Maybe talk about that in a little while. And, and, and so you, this person is, is picking on you, uh, but then something happens. Man, the biggest, baddest, and I mean that in a good way, uh, the, the, the tallest, the strongest, the most muscular uh, dude in the whole school finds out that, that this other person is picking on you, and they decide, you know what, I'm going to take care of them. And so, so the biggest, baddest, most muscular, uh, like, 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 like literally uh, toughest guy in school, uh, like goes up to the person that's bullying you and says this, man, if you touch him, and if you even think about touching him, you've got to deal with me. Let me ask you, how does that change your approach when you walk out the door in the morning into the world? When you, when you get ready for school? It changes radically, right? Because you, you go from being somebody that's got your backpack on and you're kind of sneaking out the door like, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, I hope it doesn't happen today. To suddenly you walk out the door kind of with your head held high and you got a look like this going on. What's up? What's up? How are you? Hi. Good to see you. Because you know that, that somebody that, that is the biggest the baddest, the most powerful uh, person there in your school has your back, and therefore you have nothing to be afraid of. And with that in mind, I'm going to ask you to turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And the word of the Lord says this in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 28. God is kind of revealing his plan. And his, his plan is to purchase and redeem a people by the blood of his son. And to create a new people in Christ that will eventually reign the world. And, and we're part of that plan. And this is all very good. And so even when things in the world are working that don't seem good, the Bible says that God is working them for good. And so Romans 8, 28, I'm going to read through 32. It says, it says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. Listen to this, verse 31. What then are we to say about these things? 
If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not even spare His own Son, but He offered Him up for us all. How will He not also with Him grant us everything? Now, I'll get to this in a second, but the reason I'm reading to you Romans 8 is because that little word in the CSB, grant us, is actually our word from Colossians 3.13. It's this word, forgive. It is this word to freely give. It says, God freely gave us Jesus. Therefore, the promises in verse 31 and 32 apply to our conversation today. And what is verse 31 say again? It says, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? So here's the truth. We are that kid walking into a world and we're afraid. And we're afraid to extend grace to others because we're afraid that, well, they're going to take advantage of us and they're going to pick on us, right? We're afraid that we're going to get hurt. And yet, here's the truth. The all-powerful, almighty God, the one who tells the ocean it can only come so far, the one who calls out the stars by name, that God has said, I've got your back, right? I have got your back, right? I am for you, God says. And, and what's the proper response to that? Well, the proper response to that is what Paul says. Well, if God is for me, then, then who can be against me? And, and you see the attitude shift that that changes in a person. Now, instead of walking out my door afraid that people might take advantage of me, I now walk out my door in confidence that I can freely do what God has called me to do. I can offer forgiveness to all those that I run across because God has my back. Because if He is for me, who can be against me? This is what King David began to realize when he penned these words in Psalm 27. He writes this, Franklin, he writes this. Franklin was in it, man. He was focused. It's hard. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? And so I say to you, listen, the Apostle Paul says, part of being a new creation in Christ, because what Jesus has done for you, you now daily, because there's a banner over your life that says grace and forgiveness, you daily have to put that on, and you have to walk out into the world, and you have to extend that to others, and you say they might take advantage of me. And, and the Bible says it doesn't matter, because God is for you. And this is how the world will be changed. When you go and you live out the gospel and you let God take care of the rest. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? And that changes your entire attitude when you walk out the door. Like that school-aged child in our illustration, we can walk out the door with confidence knowing that God is working all things for good. Our job is only to obey. Amen? Amen. Whew. Third thing I want to share with you this morning. Ready? It says, because I lack nothing in Christ, because we lack nothing in Christ, we shouldn't withhold any grace from others. Right? Because we lack nothing in Christ, we shouldn't withhold any grace from others. And so verse 32 uh, I'll pop that on the screen. It says, He who did not spare His own Son, 
but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? And again, that's our word. I'm going to go back to that point in case you're trying to uh, write down those sermon notes that we emailed to you. So the gist is, 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 listen, God gave His very best. And if He gave His very best, Paul would write, will He not take care of the rest? Right? Think about this with me. If somebody gives you a car, Right? Somebody gives you a car. They just give you a vehicle. Say, here is my car. It's for you. Are they going to keep the tire iron? Right? Really? I mean, just think. They're not going to keep the tire iron. They gave you the car. Right? They gave you the car. Then you get the spare. You get the jack. You get the tire iron. You could probably ask them, hey, hey, can I, can I, can I make sure I have the owner's manual? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's somewhere else. They're going to give you the owner's manual. They're going to make sure you have the title. Why? Because they've given you the greater thing. They've given you the great, the lesser thing doesn't matter. They've already given you the greatest thing they could give you. And listen, in, in, in Christ Jesus, God has given us the greatest thing He could give us. And, and so, listen, this daily stuff that we're worried about, if God gave you His Son Jesus, will He not take care of you? Will you not have food on the table? Will He not provide for your basic needs? That's why Jesus comes and He preaches, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. The pagans run after all those things and see your heavenly father knows that you need them. So he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. See, that's the truth about this thing called forgiveness. The Bible says we're called to extend it we somehow feel like if we do, right, that, that maybe we're going to be injured or hurt or lacking. And God just reminds us, you don't have to worry about any of that. I got you. And if you want proof, look to the cross. My son is proof that I have you in mind. That I care about you. That I care about whether or not you have enough food on the table. Right? God has you. That's huge, man. That's huge. Because God has me. Because he's got all of me. Because he's got me covered. I, I have no reason to withhold forgiveness or grace for anyone else. So what do we do with that message, guys? I'll give you a few action points this week. I want to challenge you with, and we're going to do something different in a second. Uh, I'll, I'll walk you through that. But, but here's a, a few things that I, I want you to think about uh, this week. I, I think this is where um, we... we we, we work, okay? First, we, we have to really focus on freely extending grace. Freely extending grace. That, that, that's our, our first action point. So I'm going to ask you a question, all right? You guys raise your hands, and I know you're thinking, I can't see you. I can't, but Jesus can, okay? So, so here we go. So raise your hand if you need, uh, definitely based off this message, like you need to put this on, this, this forgiveness thing towards others. Raise your hand, all right? Okay, my sanctuary folks, okay, we got to do it at home. Now listen, you got to raise your hand. Again, I can't see you, but Jesus can, and so can the other people that probably need this the most in their life. Those are the people in your house, right? And then we get out of our house. If you get out of your house, I hope you don't have to get out of your house, by the way. But if you have to go to work or you have to get out of your house, you get to the store, those people at HEB, those people at uh, Walmart, those people you come across, they, they need this. They need this. And so we have to freely extend. It, it's not a give and take. Hey, man, if, if you give me that, 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 uh, a few paper towels, then I'll be nice to you. No, man, it's, it's grace. 
And it's grace. Okay? I'm going to freely offer it. So that's the first thing. We're freely going to extend it. Uh, which leads to the second thing. And I only mention this because we stink at the first thing. Okay? So, so the first thing is freely extend it. And so I kind of give you this, uh, which is really just taking it first. And then expect nothing back. Right? Because it's not, it's not a free extension of grace if you then expect the person to be nice to you in return. It's not. So a free extension of grace to my fellow man is simply to offer them grace and to expect nothing in return. That way, if they, if they bless me back, well, hallelujah. But if they don't, I wasn't doing it for a blessing anyway. Right? God's going to bless me because I'm obedient. He'll take care of me. And so uh, we want to expect nothing back. Right? And lastly, uh, same, same, along the same lines, we want to trust God with the results. We just want to trust God with the results. That's, that's what this thing looks like. Kind of putting this thing on, guys. That's what this thing looks like. If I'm, if I'm, Paul says, listen, it's really important, okay, guys? You, you, you didn't used to need to do this, right? You, you used to be different people. You, you were dead. You were far away from God. You weren't at peace. Like, you, you kind of had a war waging inside yourself. So, but like, listen, now you're new. And, and, and because you're new, you've got to act different. And one of the things that you have to literally be, has to be different about you is, is people have to see forgiveness in you. They have to see that you've experienced it. And the way that they see that is that you offer it freely to others. Because it's huge. If we want to put on the new self, we have to become these kind of people. And so uh, I'm going to pray for you uh, before I do, um, because here's the deal. We've changed some things, all right? So I'm going to, I'm going to pray for us in a second. Before uh, I do pray for us, and, and that, that's going to close us, uh, when I do close in prayer, uh, you're not done. So church isn't over yet. Uh, in fact, we, we have small groups. Those small groups happen in your living room. Okay, you say, I'm watching by myself. That's okay. Watch by, get on Facebook and you can have a small group there. Uh, but we emailed out some sermon notes. And, and in addition to those sermon notes, there were like six or seven questions that Catherine and Franklin put together. And those are not just questions for kids. Some of them are kind of on a kid's level where they're yes or no. But then you can, you can make them a little tougher and, and ask kind of some probing questions. But we've got questions for the families to talk about, about this sermon. The goal is just to unpack it. Right? So we didn't just come to church and we, we sat at home, we talked about Jesus, amen, now let's go eat. Um, we spend a little bit of time kind of talking about uh, unpacking these truths and, and then praying together as a family. So our, our hope, our prayer for you is that's how you'll close your service. But before we get there, don't turn this off, this is really important, two announcements and one of them is about free stuff. So here's the first thing I want you to know, okay? Uh, let's throw that, uh, that slide up there on the screen. Okay, here it is. Today, uh, in one hour from now, uh, they told me it'd be at noon. So listen, if it happens at like 12.05 or at 1, it's not my fault. They told me noon. In one hour from now, you're going to receive an email. Uh, it should be from us or, or it may actually come from Right Now Media. And guys, what Right Now Media is, it is a, a free gift that we're giving to you as a church kind of because of how we're having to do ministry now, that, that nothing's on campus. I'll get to that in a minute. So Right Now Media is, think of it like the, um, the, the Christian version of, uh, of, of Netflix, right? Uh, it's kind of, kind of Netflix for Bible study and, and, and Jesus-centered stuff. And so uh, it's really, really cool. They have over, uh, I was told on the phone this week, they, they now have 25,000 titles available. And, and one of the cool things is, is parents that are stuck at home and you're like, I do not want my kids watching this junk that's on TV. Awesome. They've got a whole kids section. And uh, once you, you, you get this email, you're going to respond to it uh, and, and you'll set up login information. And, and then you'll have free access. And so now you can stream it. On, on your smart TVs, uh, like on my TV, I can cast it. 
Uh, there's apps for it in the App Store. Uh, you can do it on Roku, uh, just all kinds of things. And so the, you, Apple TV, the, there shouldn't be a device or a way that you can't watch it. And so we really want to encourage you uh, to log on, get all that set up. And, and, then, and then what we're going to do is we're going to use this this week. And so what we would normally do here on campus, we would have meetings. Uh, we, we, we have a, a men's study on Wednesday night and a women's study on Wednesday night. And we've got, we've got kingdom kids uh, and we've got youth group. Well, what we're going to do instead is we're going to do all that throughout the week, kind of at your own pace. Uh, and then we're going to let you guys talk about these things. And so Catherine's picked out an awesome study for kids. I think the videos are like 10 minutes. And so parents, we're going to ask you to watch a couple of those this week with your kids. And, 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 and then there's a whole discussion guide that you break down what they learn. And you're going to be uh, their Kingdom Kids teacher, which is really cool. And so it's not hard. It's just questions. The lesson is there in the video, which is really cool. Now, Franklin's picked out a study for the youth by Francis Chan. And again, we're asking you to do some of these things together as a family. And so uh, those studies are only 20 minutes a week. And so uh, don't try to pack it all into Wednesday night. Spread it throughout your week as you guys are at home and watch that Francis Chan study and then, and then take, take that, you know, it's 10 minutes, 5, 10 minutes that you break down with your kids and you talk about all that you've learned. Uh, men and women, we're going to do it a little differently. So we've created private online Facebook groups on our uh, First Baptist Church Elgin Facebook page. And if you want to be a part of those Bible studies, I'm going to ask you right now, shoot us an email at office at fbcelgin.org. That's office at fbcelgin.org. Say, hey, I want to be a part of the men's group. I want to be a part of the women's group. You do have to be online. You've you got to have a Facebook account. So those of you that are anti-social media, I get it. I'm not telling you that you have to like everybody and accept every friend request, and you've got to start posting political stuff. I would rather you not. I'm, I'm saying for this, for this season, this is where those interactions are going to happen. They're going to happen uh, on, on Facebook and those private groups. And so what we'll do is uh, the, the men are doing a study in Psalm 119 uh, by Matt Chandler. Uh, the ladies are, are doing a Priscilla Schreier study, and so you'll log into those groups and, and we'll tell you which video you're watching and then we'll have some discussion questions and you're going to answer those questions online and then you're going to interact with people as, as they post online and, and oh hey that's a great idea and so we hope to just build some community that way and so it's really important. So uh, log on uh, check your email today. It should be out at noon and we want you to do that. Um, second reminder I have for you before we close things out is guys that all in-person church gatherings are cancelled until further notice. So I love you uh, but, but Wings is not meeting up here and quilters are not meeting up here and small groups are not meeting up here uh, in fact we're asking small groups not even meet in homes and so small groups same thing we want you to try to figure out a way to do small group differently you can uh, uh, right now media has all kinds of great uh, small group curriculum you guys can pick a study if that's what you want to do or just check in on each other just just Skype each other, FaceTime each other. I mean, just check in on your group members. How are you? How are you enjoying these studies? What are you doing on your own? Pray for one another, guys. We want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Lastly, I'll remind you, church, that if you go to our Facebook page, there's kind of a memo that I read last week, just kind of a thing about what we're asking you to do. Um, we are the church, not a building. It's, it's the people. And what we're asking you to do, our, our motto is very similar. It's love God, love people, and do something. We're asking you where you are, to, to see needs around you. Pray, God, give me eyes to see needs and then meet those needs to the best of your ability. You've got a neighbor that um, they, they fall into high-risk category. Go help them get groceries and, and take them, put them on their doorstep, right? Hop back in your car, call them, say, hey, I left you something on the doorstep. Um, little things to brighten people's day. Be the hands and the feet of Jesus. See the need and meet the need. I, I'll just tell you, I love you. The church doesn't have to be that for you, all right? The staff doesn't have, you, you, just, you just look around and you go do it. 
right? And, and so we've got lots of people kind of calling us, emailing us, who needs this, who needs that? And, and, and we're thankful for that, and we're going to do our best. But, but sometimes you just got to look and, and, and see what those needs are because we're, we're getting tons of emails, tons of calls. Kind of, but we're going to help in, in every way that we can. And, and listen, if there's any need that is too big for you, we want you to call us. We want you to email us. We're going to figure out how we can get the whole body involved. Uh, this week, we had some ladies get together and organize meals for some of our most vulnerable shut-ins. And so, so excited that they've kind of got this whole meal train figured out. Um, guys, we want to do those kinds of things, be the hands and feet of Jesus, okay? Uh, listen, I'm going to close this out in prayer. When we're done, remember, we're going to ask you as, you as you tune out that you would tune in as a family and you would talk about all that the Lord has done this morning. Please pray with me. Father God, Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for allowing us to gather here in your name. Lord, now as we kind of continue uh, church and just this breakdown in our own homes, talking about all that we've learned, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would give us eyes to see how we could be your hands and your feet. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have as a church to impact this community, especially with our food pantry. And, and, and I'm so thankful for the people that see the need and, and they've, they've said, hey, man, we're, we're all in. We're going to double down on this. Uh, but, but, Lord, as we shift our discipleship focus to in-home ministries, I pray that you would give families the strength and the ability. I pray that you give teenagers and young ones the ability to sit still for long enough to listen and to talk about your things. And, God, I just pray that you would be glorified. Holy Spirit, we love you until we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, God.